0: It's Rhonda Shortino. Thank you so much for joining me for Live, Love, Survive, and Thrive. I know there's lots of other stuff that you could be listening to, but this podcast is for you. It's to help you live an amazing life, the life that you were born to live. It's to help you love, to put your love into action, because that is will change your life and the lives of everyone within your influence. It's to help you survive the tough times and to help you mine the lessons out of everything you go through, especially the most painful stuff that you go through, and to use those exact things to thrive.
1: You know, people are realizing that, wow, I really can not be productive from home. You know, and wow, well, I don't necessarily have to go to the office. I can actually do this, and this is actually working. So, there, there's some light at the end of the tunnel of, well, maybe I, you know, I do waste a lot of time at work, you know, sitting around the office and doing this kind of thing. So, it was about creating that happily ever after. And that started with the home office. And then we took a big bite and said, gosh, you know, what if we did this homeschooling thing? And we, Rhonda, what I've realized is we were scared, we were unprepared, we had no clue. But we had some friends who were about 10 years ahead of us. And what I've realized, I know T.D. Jakes taught me this one. As he shared them, they said, Evan, you have to understand that people can't change. They can't transform until they see it modeled. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Who's doing it? Like for real, not fake reality TV, mm-hmm. not this, but actually seeing it done. Mm-hmm. And so we knew this couple and they adopted, get this wrong, they adopted six kids. seven 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 kids and we kind of knew them a little bit watched them from afar but they homeschooled all their kids and we're like wow you know what if they could do it maybe there's maybe we could possibly sort of kind of maybe so they gave us hope right and it's like, they would show up to church every week, and they'd still be alive, and they'd still be clothed. And I'm like, okay, they're, they're, they're you know, they seem happy. They right? were alive they're really, and yeah. clothed. They messed
0: yeah. through the week, Count Yeah, I'm here. like,
1: okay, we don't want six. So if they can homeschool seven, six and seven, I'm like, we could do like two. So that gave us that hope to start. And I'll let my bride chime in on this, because there's a lot of people that think, you know, you have to have certain dna to be a homeschooler and you have to do this and that so my bride early in our marriage she used to teach high school okay so she was the the little tiny little petite thing teaching the you know these big kids and so everyone's like oh that'll be easy for you you know you're a high school teacher no 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 so i let my bride share how unprepared homeschooling was from a professional teacher
2: Yeah. So I used to teach uh, French and Spanish in a high school. And so the kids, it was not a class that was required. So they chose to be in my classroom. So they came in, they sat down, they did what I said. And after 57 minutes, they left and then the next kids would come in. So that was completely different than, um, you know, having to potty train while at the same time you're teaching somebody how to read. And, you know, this is uh, completely different. So it actually did not help me whatsoever. It had set my hopes. It had set it trained me in the wrong way to, oh. to
0: school. It really did because they didn't get up and leave the room after. 15 no, no. And, and
2: they didn't do their homework, you know, come back with it the next day, completely done, you know, and to try to do multiple kids at the same time, they're all on different levels. So you're trying to get the three-year-old to color and to, and to, you know, eat their snack while at the same time, you're trying to teach the six-year-old how to start reading and doing phonics, but it, it all works out in the end. It really, it, I, we can give you hope. And you know, what really helped us was that we immediately got involved in a, a couple of different homeschool communities, where I went to, it was called Homeschool 101. So it was a homeschool community where they um, shared about uh, <sighs> how to homeschool. And so I walked in there and I, I saw these other families that wanted the same things that we wanted. And I was just like, Oh, yay. There are others out there like this, like us. So we got plugged in. They have, you know, classes that you go to like once a week kind of a thing. And so we could support each other. So I would recommend that, um, for those who are, um, Accidentally homeschooling or accidentally doing independent studies with their kids to find other moms that they can just support each other with via Zoom or um, on the phone and say, hey, I'm about ready to lose it with my kid. Um, what, What are you doing to help manage that? But a really, really, really big thing for us is to get our kids moving physically. Um, exercise is so key. Kids are ramped up. They don't want to sit down. They get up in the morning, they have their breakfast. They don't want to just sit down straight away. So we get our kids out walking. My daughter's just started running recently. Um, get We have a dog. We're, all, we're like wearing the dog out right now with how many walks we're taking. I mean, at the end of the day, he's just passed out because we're all, to, hey, Pepper, let's go for a walk to get out of the house. So we're constantly like taking breaks and moving our bodies. And that takes the edge off enough so that kids um, can sit down and pay attention to what you have to say and making it fun. I mean, we cook together, um, organizing the closet. You can get all, you know, uh, that can give you all new skills about organizing and putting things in their place and making things fit. And I don't know, it, spatial learning is good too.
0: <laughs> I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I was thinking that what a, what a tremendous opportunity this is for parents, uh, grandparents, foster parents, caregivers to to teach kids things that aren't taught in school. Yeah. Yeah. We brought yeah.
2: the sewing machine out. My daughter's excited. She loves horses. So a couple, I don't know, a couple months ago, we had gone to the store and gotten a, a couple of, yards of horsey fabric. And now that we have all this here, we're, she's like, okay, what can I do with this? So you go on Pinterest, you go on YouTube, and she just gets ideas. And we have a box full of buttons, and she's making bags and pencil cases and little pillows and blankets. And so just break out the sewing machine or the the you know little sewing kit that you have in the back of your drawer <laughs> somewhere. And you can make something out of a button and a needle and a thread. There's always something you can do. <laughs> yeah. And the other
1: thing I'll chime in, Rhonda, and I, I saw it on one of your posts, is it's, we, we use the, the line, we have to constantly remind ourselves that we don't want schooling to get in the way of the kid's education. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and it goes back to your post where the most important things are not taught in schools. Mm-hmm. And so one of the huge ones that you talked about is how to love and be loved.
0: How to love and be loved. Isn't that so, the most important thing? And a lot of yes. people go through their whole entire education, uh, and some of them, sadly, their whole entire life, and they never really learned that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think now is, it, it's key. So again, full disclosure, right? So all oh, the homeschooling pros and the home office pros, and we're losing it with our kids. So everyone, here's the other thing, everyone else is losing it with their kids. No one can come and stand in front of anybody and go, oh, yes, we're getting along famously. Everything's great. We're, we're in the flow. Yes, love is everywhere in our home. Ah. No, it's not happening. So everyone's in the same position. So rather than trying to hide it or feel guilty about it or, oh, I shouldn't have done that, now's the time to put it all forward and just sit down with your kids and go, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to yell at you anymore. I, this is what I'm struggling with. All I know from my past was this. So like when we talk with our kids, we can say, hey. We didn't have this growing up. Like I talked to my son. Hey, my dad wasn't around. My dad never told me love. This is all I got from my dad. So I don't want to do that with you. So early on, we helped our kids figure out their love languages. That was kind of our curriculum was like, hey, what is your love like? So my son, as a teenager, he'll come and say, dad, I just need some quality time. And I'm like, okay, let's go do that. And our daughter is physical touch. So she'll just say, daddy, if, if I do homework, will you PT me physical touch? So I'll just give her, yeah. And so she'll just sit down next to me and they've learned to ask for it because that's what we've discovered. But we've been really upfront when they ask us something to be like, you know what? We've never done this before. We've never had a functional family before. We're both from normal dysfunctional families. So normal dysfunctional. Yeah. So we don't know what a functional family looks like. So we're, we're up front with them, like we're still figuring this out. And I don't know if this is gonna work. How does it work for you? So rather than trying to pretend you're the parent who knows it all, like again, times that I'm losing, I'll tell my son, son, you need to go in the other room because I am so angry right now. So I'm gonna go do something else because I don't want this to happen. Rather than trying to hide it and build it up and do all this. So I think now is the, the ultimate time of transparency because the only person you're fooling is yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the great lines I learned from a, uh, one of the Spider-Man movies, right? was like, man, why, why are so people easily fooled, right? Why do people fall into these scams and fall into this? Why do people so they're so easily fooled because they're fooling themselves? So your kids can see right through you. Everybody can see right through you. It's time you let everybody know. Yeah, you know what? Sorry for trying to, even your dog knows, right? Everybody knows, right? So it's just even being up dog, front and going, look. Right yes, <laughs> even the dog knows. So you can just be up front and go, look. I'm losing it. I don't know what to do. What can we do together? What works for you? Well, gee, mom, I really like it when you do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it really scares me when you do this. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I kind of need this right now. Or or how about this? So I think really it's just a magic time of transparency and also using this time to understand that there are some people that are tasting freedom for the first time. I have a a vendor. She's worked for this company around 34 years. And she's like, you ageless, you know, you never know. I thought she was like, like you, like thirty something, and I'm just like, what? You've been there thirty four years? We have grandkids? What are you talking about? Uh, And she said, I have never been home for lunch in thirty four years because she lives so far from from the plant. So she (laughs) goes, I don't ever want to go back. (laughs) She's like, so I think this gives us a new perspective and a new shift of like, hey, wow, this is what's working and this is what isn't working. Mm
2: -hmm. And talk to your kids too. I mean. Um, our kids are 13 and 16, and they really feel valued when we ask their opinion. They're constantly giving us their opinion whether we don't want it, but we're like, no, no, wait for me to ask for your opinion, please, and then when you do ask them, then they're like, oh, yeah, they they want it. They value me enough to ask me the question of how I feel about this or what do I want to do about it as opposed to just telling me as a parent what they want to do all the time, so um, talk to your kids. It's just they're people too. And, you know, they have feelings and they shove them down because we're taught not to express all your feelings all the time, you know, to hide it and put on this facade and you no, know, ask them, ask them.
0: I, th- I love that. Jenny, I wanted to ask you, since you're an educator for 25 years, is there something that you want to add to that?
3: Well, I, what I love about what you guys are saying is, you know, how important do you think it is for people to give themselves a break, mm. meaning a pat on the back that we made it through the day and give ourselves a break when it comes to all of a sudden being homeschool parents, <laughs> you know, isn't that a valuable thing for people? Uh, absolutely.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I tell whenever I speak and teach at different organizations or whatever, and even uh, I'm on the board of a, a, Of a global nonprofit, and I'm constantly talking to the leaders and the different people saying, Have you celebrated this success yet? Oh, uh, we're allowed to do that? Yes, (laughs) yes. You are allowed to celebrate and take these little moments of victory. So for me, I'll just, again, fully transparent. So I have a a group of men that we uh, have been working together about the last three years, Mm -hmm. where it's all guys coming together saying, Hey, we want to be better fathers, we want to be better husbands, let's just, take a deep dive. This isn't something that we pay for. It's just, we come together usually about every quarter. And so I gave myself at our last meeting, I gave myself, I said, Hey, you know what? This was even before all this stuff. I said, I'm losing it with my kids way more than I like. So I need to get intentional about that. So I made, uh, I gave a number. I said, I'm going to give this number that I will not yell at my kids more than this many times till I have till the end of April. So I, I made this number. And then what I have to do is whenever I lose it with my kids, I have to email everybody and go, yep. And I call it, for me, it, it's, uh, it's a choice. So I'm choosing to respond versus react. So mm-hmm. when I lose it with my kids, I'm reacting. Obviously, I'm not responding. And so for a deep dive, you know, the, the ultimate, this is a slight ADD segue, but it'll make sense. The ultimate form of maturity and the ultimate form of personal growth is when you take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if you break responsibility down, it's the ability to respond, not react and try to strangle your kids. So whenever I would lose it with my kids, I would have to email every guy in the group and say, oh, I yelled at my daughter this morning. Oh. And so I have my, my pitch count up there. And so what's cool is I can look back and say like, wow, it's been two weeks and I have you know, I haven't, yeah, this is awesome. And so I can have that celebration time of just like, yeah, I'm making progress. This is working. Yay. And then it also keeps it top of mind. So now even when I'm starting to raise my voice, like we all have this threshold, right? We have this, what's it? Right. So now even when I go up an octave, I'm like, Oh wait, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want to, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. on." I don't want to send
2: that email. Yeah. I don't want to send
1: that email. Just going up the octave. I I can bring (laughs) myself back down or even just finding myself in frustration, answering in frustration, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't wanna, I don't have to send that email, let's just, let's just bring it, and then that's another victory of like, okay, I didn't fall off the edge, right? I, I was able to stop myself, I was able to do it. And then on, with that, another great way to celebrate too, Jenny, which is really cool, and it may not make sense, but it works, so that's some of my favorite things, is there's great celebration in a legitimate apology. Mm. Like, you know what, I am so sorry, I blew it, you know, will you absolutely forgive me? And there's different ways to apologize for people, but I'll share the key point where kids, spouses, loved ones, there's a, a, a challenge in this world where people have a sincere apology, but then they destroy it all by saying one thing. They give that excuse when they're apologizing. Some of you have been there. Honey, I'm so sorry that I yelled at you. I really didn't mean it, but, you know, the kids were driving me crazy and the dog peed on the carpet. And then you waste this whole apology because you give this excuse. Mm -hmm. So when you give an apology, no excuses, full responsibility. Hey, I'm sorry, I blew it. I love you, will you forgive me? No, the dog did this, the cat did none of that stuff. You take it all out and just, I'm sorry, (laughs) close them out. And that's actually a victory because your kids, and it helps like a lot of times, sometimes with my kids, I'll even get down on my knees and just be when they're smaller. So you can look them in the eye and just be like, man, so you're not this towering, you know, big adult. But there are even times where I'll sit down and look eye to eye with my kids. As my kids are getting taller, I don't have to do that anymore. And so my son is <laughs> like right here. But there's, there's a celebration in apology. So when I apologized to my daughter a couple of days ago for losing it with her, uh, she was so quick to apologize right back. She goes, yeah, you know what, Daddy, I was being fussy, I'm sorry. And then we could celebrate and hug together and was like, oh, this is awesome, I like this. Uh, we can do this without the apology part next time. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's a two in one there, Jenny, so thanks for asking that.
0: I love that, I think that's one of the um, life lessons that I was thinking of that we could be teaching our kids. Uh, the ability to get along with others Handle our own frustrations and impatience and whatever it is that that often um, diminishes our capacity to be sweet. Uh, You know, (laughs) that's a great one. (laughs) If if we could learn how to you know manage that, and then learn what to do when we didn't manage it very well. Mm So you know, learning how to apologize and take responsibility learning how to um, just resolve conflict. There, I mean, there's always gonna be conflict. People yes. are different. We have different, yes. like you mentioned, love languages. We have different love languages. We have different perspectives and opinions, and that's totally cool. And that's that's the way we were made. Uh, but th- So there's always gonna be conflict. And I love that you teach your kids by modeling how to resolve conflict. So I want to hear from you, you know, if you could, if you could share some tips with people who right now are, uh, you know, maybe they're thinking, okay, it's too late. You know, I've already completely lost my mind or, you know, maybe it's the single mom who's just crying all day, every day because she just, She doesn't even know she's gonna have a job to go back to. She's out of money. She's out of food. She can't feed her kids. I mean, there's some very, very real pain happening in the world right now. So you know, what do you say to, to that person?
1: That's a that's a fantastic question, Ron, and, and so relevant. And there's a lot of people that feel that anxiety, that fear, and First of all, the people that are feeling that, that can be that what I call the doom cycle, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm and that just feeds and goes all the way down. Well, man, if I was like Rhonda, if I was like Jenny or Evan and Susan, it would be so much easier. Everybody feels that. that that's the other part. You're not the only one feeling that. Everybody's gripped in this fear and anxiety and, and it happens to all of us. So what I've discovered which has been a game changer for me is that if, if you re- on a, again, just deep breath, if you actually think about, if you're feeling fearful, if you're feeling anxious, the simple truth is you're thinking about the future. The only way you can feel fear or anxiety is when you're thinking about the future. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? How am I going to do this? What is, you know? And everybody's got their own fear and anxiety. But it's only when you're thinking about the future. And then you go back to depression and regret and remorse and all of that. That only comes up when you're thinking about the past. Hmm. You cannot have regret when you're thinking about right now. Only when you think about past actions. Oh, my gosh, I yelled at my kids again. You know, oh, my gosh, here we are in the situation again. Oh, my, right? So the only way to combat that, like, instantaneous, like, superhero magic, like is all you have to do is focus on what can I do right now? So one of the favorite quotes I rediscovered from Helen Keller. So anyone that wants to feel sorry for themselves, if you can hear, if you can see, and if you can talk, you've got Helen Keller beat, right? At a a time when there was no such thing as special needs, it was just park them in a corner and leave them alone, right? So again, Helen Keller, deaf, blind, and mute. She had this great quote, she said, and I, I got it posted here so I can read it. So she says, I can't do everything but I can do something, I can do something. So for everyone out there listening, what's the something that you can do? There's gotta be, it could be folding the toilet paper. There's something that you can do right now in the midst of full on like, hey, everything's happening. right? Mm -hmm. So I think for every challenged, desperate single mom out there, and I was raised by one and that, that was what I grew up in, Rhonda. That was my world. That was the concept. Oh my gosh, how are we going to pay rent today? How are we going to do this? How's this going to happen? Oh my gosh, da, da, da. There was never, the word abundance did not exist in the book. I've never heard that word growing up. It was always just enough to get by, just enough to get, just enough to survive, right? Where am I going to eat today, right? So I understand the single mom, but if you think about it logically, right? The male logic, here we go. The great news is everybody's going through this. So you don't have to worry about the mortgage. You don't have to worry about rent because everybody's doing it. So you have this great time to pause and say, wow, okay, now everyone knows what it's like to be me. (laughs) Everybody knows what it's like to be in this situation. And now this is like the ultimate grace bath that we're in. Everybody's got grace. Even the anal bankers are, Problem, you don't have to make your credit card payment. We got you. Yeah, we understand. Everybody has this grace moment now. So it's like, okay, I have this grace moment. What's the something that I can do? So for everybody, it's different. But I just, again, knowing that fear anxiety is always when you're thinking about the future. And I have to catch myself, Ron. I'm going to tell on myself all day long. There's times where I get so worked up and oh, what's going to happen if this deal doesn't happen? And da, 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 da. it's like, there. I, well, there I am thinking about the future. What can i do right now oh i can breathe and actually go to bed huh yeah there's, there's nothing i can do laying in bed at, at 10 o'clock at night right to fix anything so it's like i could take a deep breath and i can go to sleep that's the one thing i could do right now or i could pick up a book and read so you know yeah fear anxiety is future regret depression all that's the past so just focus on what's the something i could do right now
3: so what other strategies do you use you mentioned breathing and going to sleep you know when those You know, toxic thoughts come in and you got to live in the moment and not think about the future. What are some other strategies that that you guys do?
1: Well, my my bride said it uh, amazingly well, and I'll I'll give you the science behind it. So uh, some people appreciate that. So our bodies, I don't know the percentages, right? But our bodies are made up mostly of water, right? So what happens when you have water that's stagnant, that doesn't move? right? Mm-hmm. It gets nasty. nasty. Yeah. It gets icky. It gets nasty. All the stuff goes I It's like, yeah, you know, anyone that's ever had a fish tank, hello, that breaks, right? Or any of that stuff, right? Or even a water fountain, right? We got this tiny little water fountain. It's like this big to do just to keep it clean and all this stuff. So whenever water doesn't move, bad things happen. So we call in our house, stirring the waters, Jenny. So whenever we're in that state, you know, It's how do I change the state? We move our bodies. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'll get up, do some jumping jacks. (laughs) Jumping jacks. Do some jumping jumping jacks. Do anything, but move your body, stir the waters, and you can get that stuff going. Now, some people get confused. They think, oh, I got to go buy a P90X program. No, just stand up and stretch. You know, move your body. Everyone's figuring this out, like going for a walk. But when you, you change the physiology just by stirring the waters, you know, you'd be shocked, you know, just taking a deep breath, those are the things that change the state. Because, you know, as we are we're all triggered by our triggers. I mean, hello, that's all right. So it's about saying, okay, how can I game plan beforehand of saying, gosh, I've been sitting on my assets for the last three hours doing this zoom call, I need to stand up, right, move my body a little bit, take the dog park, do whatever but really it just comes with moving that body and that kind of clears the mind mm-hmm. to get to the place where you want to get and it's not done through a magic pill and it's not done through a magic cream there's it's it's really about being that intentionality of just saying hey i got to get up and move first and
3: drink a glass of water yeah
1: drink a glass <laughs> of water and one of my favorites is you know motion creates emotion that's one you can write down take to the bank motion I'm writing all this emotion.
0: down yes. motion yes. creates Emotion. Emotion.
1: Yeah. So if you notice, obviously there isn't any more, but, you know, you look at any kind of sporting event, you know, my favorite, you know, LA guy, right. And Rhonda, you, you have an, an affinity with the team, of course, where you used to live, but with the Lakers, I always find it interesting that you look at LeBron James, he throws this pass that like, there's nobody 10 feet. It wasn't like the guy had just missed. No, 10, There's nobody there. And it was like, and then he's going like this. He's going, and he's nodding. And he's, I'm like, Dude, you just threw. What are you doing? Right, but I realized that if he put his tail between his legs and started moping off the court, right, that's not going to help anybody on the team. He right. wants to have motion, the body posture. What I love about sports is you—you you know how they put the score at the bottom of the screen, right? They don't have to do that. You know who's winning and losing just by the body language, <laughs> right?
2: Just look at the guys. Yeah, at the bench. you look at the guys <laughs> in the
1: bench. And you know, it's like oh, we're down by twenty. So that motion creates emotion. Or if you've ever been to a sporting event, that your team scores, what are you doing? You're standing up, you're clapping, right? Because the motion creates the emotion. So understanding that, going through that, saying, oh, that's a way I can trigger myself to have like the classic, right? Okay, well, I'll exercise when I feel like it, okay? I'm never going to feel like it. So if I stand up, start clapping my hands, okay? doing that it's like oh yeah okay yeah, well, yeah let's go right so i'll do that with the kids right like, oh, God, you know, i'll just <laughs> i'll be there like whoa right change the state change that so motion creates emotion that that is so valuable that's really good that's really good so um
0: i i want to shift a gear here for a second and go back to so I started by saying that you've been doing the homeschool and home office lifestyle for 15 years. Tell us what you do. What do you do for a living?
1: <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> well, <laughs> I am, a, I am an ADD.
0: Yeah, I'm an ADD entrepreneur. An ADD entrepreneur. That's a yes. new title. I've not heard that.
1: Yes, yeah, self-diagnosed. And so my, at, at this stage, we have a 16 and a 13-year-old. And so even in homeschool, even in life, you know, there's this constant society pressure of like, what are you going to do with your life? What's going to happen? What are you going to? And so I tell my kids all the time, I still don't know. I still haven't figured it out. And I'm 50 this year, Still haven't figured it out. So it kind of eases the pressure of, oh, well, okay, if dad hasn't figured it out, you know, what's going on? So what I discovered, I started, my first business was in the paintball world. So this is before paintball was popular, Before so people knew what it was. People used to ask me at church, you know, I need a pinball machine, Ev, can you hook me up? And I'm like, oh, no, no, paintball, paintball. Or, hey, I need a ping pong table, can you help me? I'm like, no, no, we do paintball. And so what I realized, it was, it was all over the phone. So it was just phone sales. And so it was like, well, I could be on this phone anywhere. I don't necessarily need an office. Mm-hmm. So, once I was able to get that freedom, then I actually, um, I was reluctant to do a home office because like, I'll i never get any work done. It'll never happen. And then, you know, I just was leaving my bride every morning to go to the office because that's what was modeled for me, Rhonda. That's all I saw. I never saw anybody working from home. Uh, finally, uh, we ended up being blessed. We we did the opposite. I'm kind of hard-headed this way, so I know some people can relate. So rather than building rather than buying the worst house in the best neighborhood we (laughs) built the best house in the worst neighborhood and that didn't go so well financially (laughs) but we we built this house and i was like you know what why am i paying rent at this office and driving away when i can put it here right so we basically just turned the garage kind of into an office and i'm like well i'll just try it right and it worked out so well it was like this is awesome and I still remember, Rhonda, I'm gonna harken back. Way, way, we're going way back. How far are you going back? We're going way back. Okay. I still remember there was this commercial from Charles Swab and it showed this, you know, super executive, you know, he just oozed success, you know, and he had the, he didn't wear a tie, but he had the shirt, you know, but, Um, It showed him in his office making deals, doing stuff. It showed him like, you know, they have the little fake, the little putter with the glass and he was doing this and he showed him like this montage of him through his day in the office. Right. And then he's like, okay, gotta go. And then you hear this knock on the door and the side door opens and it's his mom and his daughter coming into his garage. (laughs) And I, and that was, that was the only example I'd ever seen. And so henceforth, I ended up having an office in my garage. So, you know, again, it's it's all about that modeling. And I think, Jenny, for you and Rhonda, for you, I love what you're doing here is you're bringing people on. I know you had um, my man on a, a, a couple of shows ago, my fitness guy. Um, but yeah, but Rob and, you know, just being able to model, you know, his whole comeback from what he went through mm-hmm. and realizing, man, if he could do that, I could stop yelling at my kids, right? You know, couldn't I? So just this creating a platform to help people see that it is possible in different ways. So yeah, I I start new businesses all the time. Some go good, some don't go so good, but I realized that's just me. And I remember literally weeping reading one of Richard Branson's books because Richard Branson has over 400 companies. And I was like, "Oh, wow, I only have like three or four. He's got 400." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, three or four." Yeah. Okay. but again, the modeling, like, okay, he did it. He did it his way. He's got his unique way. It's like, Oh, I can. it's okay to be me that. That was the thing. It was okay to be me and kind of gave me that permission. And so what I realized is there's so many people out there that just are waiting for permission to say, Hey, it's okay. It's okay to be yourself. It's okay to say, Hey, I don't have to have it all figured out. Hey, I don't have to pretend, right? I don't have to pretend that I'm happy and do all this. It's like, no, that's pretending is the worst place to be. So yeah, again, still haven't figured it out. Got a couple businesses now with the internet and all this stuff. It's, you know, now in the old days, it used to be like, oh, you work from home. Huh? Well, you don't go to the office. Now it's like, oh, you work from home. Cool. Wow. You're so lucky. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a, it was just a long, long process. One step at a time. No, you know, no magic wand to figure it out. We're still figuring it out. So that's the other part is this I tell married couples all the time and single moms and people out there with kids, you've got two choices. You can go through life together, okay, or you can grow through life together. Oh, I like that. And that is the magic part of, do we have this unique time in history where we can actually be intentional about saying, hey... How can we shift some of things? How can we change some of these things? And so for my bride and our marriage, I, and I have, again, full, full disclosure, the biggest room in our house, and I know, Rhonda, you and I could talk about fancy homes and all that stuff, but the biggest room in my house is the room for improvement. And so, <laughs> and, and it's on me. So in order for things to change in my life, like for me to stop yelling at my kids, in order for things to change, I have to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order for things to get better, I have to get better. Right. In order for things to grow, I have to grow. And again, it just comes back to that taking responsibility where, and it it goes with husbands and wives and kids as well. I can't look at her and say, well, I'll fill your love tank as soon as you fill mine. Or- I'll do this as soon as you do that. Well, if you give me more of this, then I'll, you know, this if-then cycle. If she would just do this. Or like the kids, right? Like, well, as soon as they start obeying, I'll be nice. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Right,
1: (laughs) right. As soon as they start doing their homework, then, you know, maybe I'll give them a hug, right? Or, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about me taking personal responsibility for me and saying, I need to change. I need to grow. And for my bride, by me modeling that, she is then inclined to go, wow, he's growing. I want to grow too.
2: I Don't, don't leave me behind. I want to keep up. <laughs> and same
1: with the kids. You know, more is caught than taught. So I can give these great lectures and, wow, you know, if heaven Money was in my house and my kid, no. They're just watching. And that's all. You know, they are catching it. They're not, you know, like the, the classic Dennis Waitley at this great poem, you know, the, this is what kids say to their parents, they, you know, for the dad. They say, I'd rather... Watch a winner, then hear one any day. So please, my loving father, won't you show me the way? For I am just a mirror of how you live today. I may misunderstand all the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live.
0: Oh, that's really good. And
1: I've always remembered that. I'm just like, oh.
0: Oh, My son doesn't
1: I, want to hear it. He wants to see it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, well, it's show, not tell. It, it's just, just show me. And it. that goes back to me wanting to be a better me. And when I'm not, no, no pretend the social media, everything's great. Oh, it's just like, Hey son, I let you down. I'm sorry. Let's go forward. Let's figure this out together.
0: Oh, I really like that. Um, I would love to have you post that in the comments of the, of the live stream after we're done. That was really good. I, you know, I think about, um, so many people I know who have had, uh, you know, teenagers who go sideways and whatever. And I, and I think, Hmm, I, you know, I wonder how much of, of those decisions, the, the bad decisions that kids make and go sideways, uh, have to do with, um, You know what they've seen and exerting some modicum of control or they're trying to and and by taking control making bad decisions that's uh you know uh, to just because they can so i just wonder about all that and and so that kind of that shifts me to the next thing i know that you've written uh i know i have um i think your most recent book but how many books have you written
1: well, it's interesting. My bride has actually written published, w- published now fourteen, fourteen books. So
0: my, <laughs> Goodness, I'm asking yeah. the wrong person.
1: No, no, no. So <laughs> so my bride is the historian. And so we just dis- she got early on in the scrapbooking movement. So
2: digital photo albums. That's what I published. <laughs> oh,
1: Fascinating. And so she is so detailed the way she put these together. I mean, they're published books. I'm like gosh, I mean, you've written more books than I have. But uh, <laughs> to go directly to your question, and I'll bring it up. This was the first book that we actually wrote together ah. So called Happily Ever After. And I'll let my bride kind of share her insecurities with actually writing it. And you'll let her kind of tell the story.
2: Oh, well, yeah, Evan said, let's write a book together. I'm like, okay (laughs) like you write it and i edit it because that's what i do i'm a detail person so i i'm all about the editing he said no no let's write a book together i'm like oh well if we write a book together that means we actually have to be doing what we're writing about right
0: well that wasn't hard for you guys since you've actually been married how many times have you been married uh, 26 times 26 26 times, times jenny are you paying attention they these two have been married 26 different times I and, and
1: it, we do it we do it in a different state or country every year yeah we have our... been
2: married 23 years but we've married 26 times and evan has now put it as his goal to get married 100 times before his 100th birthday but the the fun thing about that is that we get remarried in a different state or country every year so initially um we didn't have any money, and we thought, oh, well, will you tell that
3: part. Oh, okay. I'll tell that
1: part. Back to me. Good. So my bride was the one who caught the vision for this remarried in every state or country. We went to one of these uh, low-priced dream big seminars. Otherwise, we couldn't afford to get in. Uh, and it goes back to what I shared earlier was like we had no money. I mean, she's a first-year teacher. I'm a struggling entrepreneur. We're the ones at the grocery store you know, that's why I love your story, Rhonda. We were at the grocery store and we're holding up the line because back in the in the nineties you couldn't fake your way through, you know, paying groceries. You either had the money or you didn't. And yeah. it was like, We didn't have the money, so oh, put the chicken back, oh, yeah. put the, the yogurt debit, back. The
2: debit card got declined. Yeah, so. it was like
1: decline, decline, it was rush. It was just like keep swiping it until it goes, right? So that's where we were, and I'm like, something's gotta change. But You know, if I could not take responsibility, try to blame the government, blame the economy, blame the weather. I mean, there's always stuff to blame, right? Well, if so-and-so wasn't in office, we could, right? You play the blame game. Although it's like, you know what? It's me. I need to change. So we went to this Dream Big seminar. She caught the vision because she came, my bride came from a much different uh, growing up than you and I did, Rhonda. She had big luxuries like food and gas in the car and you know she had things like that she she was used to things like that right yeah. so what one, one of our biggest challenges when we were first married she filled the tank the car up with gas and i was like what are you doing <laughs> we
3: can't go to the grocery
1: store i would put in like two bucks a day that was my that was my mentality <laughs> so we're that's where we are you know not putting gas in the car just scraping by and she wants to get remarried in a different state or country but I knew better than to steal her dreams. So she's saying this vision and I'm nodding, like, how am I gonna figure this out? So in my mind, all I could figure out Wurundjeri was, okay, where could we go? Um, We're living in Southern California. And I was like, I know, we'll go to Tijuana, Mexico, wedding destination, capital of the world. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and everybody knows Tijuana is a place you go to do things cheap. So that's all I could think about. And all, all I could think about was, okay, we could get a pinata, And we could be in Tijuana and yeah, but this is how amazing God is. I think God saw our something that we could do going back to my Helen Keller. I knew there was a way like, okay, Hey, at least we're going to go to Tijuana. At least I'm going to honor her. We're in a different country, whether it's a little, you know, pinata and she's wearing a little $5 little dress. We're just going to honor each other that way. And I think God looked at that and he's like, let me show you guys something. So, And I, I, you know, I was still learning about prayer and all that, but it just so happened the year, right before our first anniversary, our actual anniversary date, we won a two week trip, all expense paid trip to Paris, France. (laughs) So our first, our first wedding, you know, our, our, our second, our first anniversary, our first wedding renewal, you know, number two, we were at the Palace of Versailles. Okay. Yes, all 700,000 square feet. That's bigger than Costco now. So <laughs> this Palace of Versailles. So God's like, look, look, I've got the Palace of Versailles for you. You're thinking Tijuana, I've got this for you. So it kind of opened my mind up to the possibilities of saying, hey, you know what? When you when you do the something that you can do, God honors that and says, hey, let me show you something. Let me help you out. Let me do this. And of course we've stumbled our, our feet along the way, but that kind of started the the journey into these remarriages. So I tell my bride, you know, yeah, let's write a book together. And she's just like, uh, I'm not too sure. You know, do people really want to hear what I have to say? I'm like, they're tired of hearing me. <laughs> they they want to hear you. So in the book we have like, co chapters so i'll write a section and then we dressed up the section real nice for susan's section so for those that get the book you can skip mine and just read hers because that's where all the real good stuff is
2: (laughs) yeah well we wrote a chapter like about the five love languages or about you know supporting each other and then so evan would write the chapter and then i just put in my my tips afterwards so i gave my perspective on on what he had written so that's how we co-authored it together so yeah, it was
1: fun. Yeah, so that was that was a journey. So I've written a couple other books, but this is, I think, the Piesta Resistance. This was just something that we could always, that we did together, mm-hmm. and we actually yeah. enjoyed the process. Yeah, yeah. And it was because we're
2: talking back and forth about okay, I would read what he wrote, and I'm like, well, what about this and this? So it opened up a whole lot of conversation and like things that we needed to go back and visit and things like habits that we had dropped, but we needed to pick up again. And so it was fun. It took about a year and a half or so to actually write it. And so during that time, we're constantly talking about growing and changing and what we need to be doing. And so it, it really ended up being a benefit to us. And Oh, by the way, we got a book out of it, you know? So it was like a mini marriage seminar just for the two of us. Yeah. So it was fun.
1: Oh, I love and, that. and that goes back to the benefits of, of growing, right? So When you're growing, everybody wins. So it wasn't, oh, I'm gonna write this book so I can get a book contract, It was like, wow, we got the best deal out of this. We got to be closer because we were growing. This is a place where we could grow together.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, give us the title again.
1: Okay, so the title is Happily Ever After. And here's the cool part. Yes, happily ever after. But
2: evidence using money, because there's a couple of different happily other
3: after books.
1: But but it gets better. So for those for those that are for those at home that are excited. So We've got, you can either go buy it on Amazon. It's, a, you know, it's like $18 on Amazon, but my bride and I would be more than happy to give you the book for free. Not an ebook, but a hard copy, like a legit hard, hard copy. One so, you
2: can underline and
1: yes. dog your. So if you want a hard, hard copy, you go to happilyeverafterbook.org. That's a .org. happilyeverafterbook.org. And we'll give, we bought the book. We we'll give the book for free. We just ask for a couple bucks in ship, you know, postage and shipping and handling. And you'll physically get in the mail a hard copy of the book for free if you want it. Again, just a couple bucks in shipping. So just a, something that we can bless people with at this time because, hey, not a whole lot going on. So you can first see the mailman and say, hey, did my book come? Yeah, what's going on?
0: I love it. That's a wonderful offer. And, uh, and we'll post that in the comments of the live stream after we're done here. So I know that you I don't know if the two of you together do um, kind of um, motivational events or something like that? Or is that just something that you do? Evan, talk about that aspect of your life.
1: So I was, my life changed through, I still have it It's over there, the, the bookcase. I still have my first old school cassette tape, right? Still have the cassette tape of my first Jim Rohn uh, talk. Oh, that the was, great. Yeah, philosopher. yeah. That was my first ever realm into like personal growth, personal development. And it was just such a, from where I came from, right? Such a surprise to, to hear this. And so I've kept that cassette tape. Now, the best part is it was pirated. Because back in the 90s, right, personal growth tapes were like $2,500 for the set. Um, So I still have this pirated Jim Rohn cassette tape. And I always thought, man, if I ever have the opportunity to do something like that for somebody else. And so, yeah, we've been doing events for about the last 10 years. But my bride and I have really enjoyed doing marriage events together. And being in a place where we can speak and teach and share and again, for someone who's not excited about being the limelight like my bride, she's willing to step up and, you know, do Q&As with the audience and talk to other women. And just, again, be that living, because everyone looks good on video, right? Everybody looks great on social media. But when it, you're face-to-face and talking to another human being, it's like, okay, they're real. Maybe I can do this. So we've kind of dedicated this second chapter of our lives to bringing hope to people There's and one, yes and one of our goals this year big scary goal is we want to empower 20 million marriages this year wow Empowered. yeah because you know hearkening back to some of the, the great lessons from like zig ziglar he talked about you know the home court advantage yes you know when things are great at home when the marriage is working when you're you know the kids everything's you know hey you know you get success in every other place and so so often we keep men keep trying to want to put things in different compartments. You know, this is my work life. This is my home life. This is my, you know, extracurricular life. No, everything affects everything else. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, it's all the same thing. So we're spending this time in our life to say, Hey, you know what? We want to empower people to say, Hey, how to thrive at home, how to have the home corn advantage. And once you get that relationship and that family relationship, then everything is so much better and people realize this all the time especially at this time ronda you know there's a lot of you know people with high net worth and doing real well financially and everybody thinks they're you know guys like me that love control right there's no control <laughs> you know the world economy stopped in a matter of days it's that's like right. what Huh? what there's the only two things you can control are your actions and your attitude that's right that's it that's it you know, we've all, we hear it all the time. Now it's finally making sense. Oh, God is in control. Yeah. Not me. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's all about just helping people understand, you know, how do we control our actions and our attitudes? How do we get this relationship rocking? Mm -hmm. So now it helps with the kids seeing that because that's really where they get security is knowing that mom and dad love each other. Um, and then how that pays forward because all the challenges that are happening now, Rhonda, you've seen it as we've come up through different decades is, and I know, you know, you're, you're a little younger than I am, but in the different decades, you know, we see things like, gosh, why is everybody shooting everybody, right? Like, why are all these crazy things happening? Well, you look at going back to the 70s, you know, when I was born, that was the first generation, that was like the first divorce generation, right? That was latchkey kids, also the dads not being around, right? So every decade, there's less and less fathers in the home, the family unit is more, sec- and it just keeps building and building and building. And this is why we're seeing all this stuff happening now, it's because of the family unit you you know when the family unit is solid everything else is solid but when that gets torn apart everything starts to unravel so we want to spend this time in our life to help and empower and encourage people to say hey you know what when you have a, a great marriage and a great relationship mm-hmm. that really can in turn what heals the nation mm-hmm. is through the family unit that's the most powerful thing it's not a, you know look it's you know we hear marketing. It's all about, oh, if I have this car, if I have this house, I have this or this or this. All the power, all the blessing, everything it's in the family unit. That's where it's at. Um, and I still hearken, I remember uh, God put this on my heart this morning. And that I, I can picture the actor's face, but I can't picture his name. And he was a famous A-list actor. And he had this great quote, Rhonda. He said, I wish everybody could be rich and famous so they could discover for themselves that that's not where it's at. You know, so they could discover how empty that really is mm-hmm. and how fulfilling, you know, a happy, thriving marriage can be and understanding that you can thrive in any situation. You really can. And again, it just comes back to those choices and what's the something I can do. So for those watching, they'll be like, you know what? This is a watershed moment. What's the something I can do? I can go apologize to my kids. I can go kind of restore this relationship.
2: Go take a walk.
1: Yes, and I could take a walk and then and drink uh, water I think. Yes. Yes. I walk
2: and drink a glass of water and come back
0: and talk to me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. Um and, and Jenny feel free to just jump in here. Um, well, I just I love that.
3: I mean, the just the the focus again on family and marriages, you know, I mean, we see the importance of that. So what's your strategy for meeting and seeing 20 million people lives be changed?
1: Yeah. That's one of those where if I put a small enough number, then I could see myself doing it right. Like, okay, well I can do enough Facebook ads, get enough clicks and da da that. But by such a number as 20 million, it's like, you know what? That's something only God can do.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So similar to palace of Versailles, right? Like I'm thinking Tijuana and God's like, no, no, let me show you something. So I am, <laughs> Uh, and I'll give this lesson that may help that I did with my son over Christmas time. So my son was asking, we were actually, we we're on a trip and we saw something in a catalog and it was an old stand-up video game, like a arcade game, like the big ones. And he goes, yeah, dad, we should get that. The smart kid, right? We dad, we should get that. Not buy it for me, but we should get that. It was like, oh, okay. And so, um, what he did was, without me telling him, Jenny, what he did was he went, we got back, he went in the garage, and he cleaned out the garage, and he made a space for it in the garage. So we're, we're, we're like one of the few Americans that actually fits cars in our garages, so, you know, there's stuff kind of packed and squeezed in, but he created this space, like yeah, this four foot by four foot empty space, and... I, was, I told my bride, I'm like, I wasn't planning to do it, but I'm like, I have to buy it now. He created the space for it. Mm. And so to answer that question directly, it's about how do I create the space in my belief, in my mind, in my heart mm-hmm. to say, hey, I have space to empower 20 million people. So I'm creating that space saying, okay, God, I know you've got something in plan. We're, we're the willing vessels. We're willing to do it. And so... Um, whether that's through technology through zoom, that's whether it's, I don't know what he's going to do, but we've created space in our hearts and our minds for him to make that happen. And of course I have my ideas that are all about comfort and convenience. And, <laughs> but he may have other ideas of like, okay, if you want to go here, it's going to take this. So, but it's just, first is, is you have to create the space for it. Cause if there's no space, there, there's no way it can happen.
3: So how does a person create space in their mind and heart for what they would like to do.
1: Ah, yeah, it's, and it goes, it, it's really prevalent to this talk to the, the single mom at home that's kind of in this depression of just like, man, I'm losing it with my kids. Everything's messed. It's really about cleansing the, okay, saying, okay, I'm not focusing on the past. I'm not focusing on the future. It's focusing on the right now and what limiting beliefs do I have to get rid of? So for my bride, perfect example, she had a limiting belief that people aren't going to want to hear what I have to say. You know, I don't want to write this book. So I had to encourage her a little bit. And finally she created space to say, well, okay, maybe they, maybe they, they'd like to hear a paragraph and that led to a page and maybe that led to another page, but it's really about flushing a lot of those limiting beliefs. And I think when I look back on You know, as far as a key relationship, you know, for a lot of the single moms, some of the people out there, you you can't give what you don't have, Jenny. So, you know, people obviously usually go to finances, right? Well, I'd love to give, but I don't have it. Okay, I get that. But you can't love someone else, a spouse, your kids, if you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. So the best way you can create space for something is start learning how to fall in love with you. So for me, it was about saying, okay, how do I turn my pain into power? How do I turn my, my guilt into greatness? Because I came from way back. How do I turn my shame, okay, into success? How do I turn my shame into security? Because that's what, that's what hampered me for about, mm, I, I don't think I finally shook it almost till my late 40s. Was this shame and this guilt from all the stuff that happened in the past that I kept holding on to and was finally releasing the shame, releasing the guilt, and saying, hey, you know what? I can turn that shame into security. I can turn that guilt into greatness. Mm -hmm. And I help people understand a lot of the times, you know, if you look at a, a diamond, you know, the classic greatest marketed stone ever, right? Like diamonds are supposed to be scarce, right? How is it that every woman in America has like five of them, right? But it's but it scarce, right? But regardless, diamonds are pretty unique, right? And you look at diamonds as special. You look at diamonds as beautiful, as pure, as strong, right? I mean, it's, it's a classic example of a woman, right? Beautiful, strong, shiny, this amazing thing. But you have to understand where do diamonds come from, Jenny? Diamonds come from dark, dirty places. The darkest, dirtiest place is where a diamond comes from. And even then at the state that it's in, it's not beautiful, it's, it's ugly. It's, it's just like, ah, it's rough, yeah, it's like, ah. So not only do you have to get to it, but you have to, you know, and, and they're, they're formed, diamonds are formed by what, nice cool breezes? Are they formed by growing beautifully on a tree? They're formed by pressure, intense pressure and heat. So the pressure that we're going through right now, that's what forms a diamond. And then even once it's formed, you got to get it, you have to cut it and you have to polish it. And these are uncomfortable, okay? But once it's cut and polished, it's like, oh, that's amazing. And so for me, once I realized I was like, oh, I was just like that diamond. So all that dirt and darkness from my past doesn't take me out of being beautiful. That's what made me beautiful. It's like, these were the elements that created my beauty. So again, for all the single gals out there that are feeling unworthy and unclean and like, oh, I'm not worth it. It's like, oh my gosh, yes, you are. All those reasons that you don't think you're worth it, you are. Because that's what makes the beauty inside you. So once I discovered that, was able to to shed those limiting beliefs and actually start falling in love with me, then everything changed. Then I could make room for bigger things. And it was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, that was there the whole time. I, I never noticed it. So that, that's kind of my story.
0: That's really good. It's amazing. Uh, so we have a couple of comments and questions in our last few minutes here. I want to make sure and, and, uh, and pose these to you. My oh, yes. friend uh, Ernesto Mariscal says How do you plan your day, week, or month? Oh,
1: plan. <laughs> Planning yes well my bride is definitely the planner okay and I was on the other side where well I'll I'll let her tell you we first got married and Ernesto, I think will appreciate this so she's going to tell about going to the grocery store with Evan when we first got married
2: oh so yeah I'm the detail list person and then he's the fun ah, kind of guy so um, we would go to the grocery store and I have my list and I'm like, okay, let's get everything on the list. You go over there and do this and the, and get that. And then we'll get out of here and then we'll go, you know, do what we're going to do. And I would come back and he's juggling the fruit in the produce section. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, i'm having fun i know i'm like well we need to get the oranges and go we don't
0: and the check boxes and (laughs) and he's not helping he's juggling fruit in the produce yes,
2: yes and then um i'm like okay and then i let's just get out of here and do what we have to do and then i come back and he's riding the cart down the chip aisle you know and it's like okay so i was like in the beginning i was constantly trying to mold him and shape him and change him and i was figuring okay this is not working so what i found out by reading a book called your um the personality tree by uh florence littauer that he's one of the four personalities he's the the guy who has to have fun so in order for him to manage life it has to be fun and he has to make it fun and for me i'm like the organized everything has to be in its place person so anyway Once I stopped trying to change him and I realized, okay, he just needs to have fun. Then I would just, the next time I went to the grocery store, I'm like, okay, go ahead, juggle the fruit. And he's juggling. And I'm like, oh, yay.
0: Isn't that fun? Yay. Okay, let's go now. (laughs) As long as you build in the fun, you actually did get the groceries. Yes, we built the fun
2: into the plan.
0: That worked for me.
1: (laughs) And now, even when I'm not around, and she's at the store with the kids, she's been known to ride the carts. I do ride the carts now. Yes.
2: Only the full carts, because I've discovered when they're not full, then you can't do that.
1: So to to tie into that, again, for me, I was anti-structure, and I still have allergic reactions to words like agenda. I mean, it's just like, but I understood it. In order to have fun, I needed to be organized. So it was about saying, hey, how can I take my gifts of fun, excitement, all this, but if it's not organized, it's not going to be as fun. Mm-hmm. So I learned like, wow, there is some benefit to this organization rather than, than pure rebelling. So one thing we do, we're old school, but one thing we do is we have, if we could tilt the computer we show you, we have a year, a one-year calendar, dry erase calendar.
2: It takes up like a Four by six panel.
1: Yeah, like a four by six panel in our in our home office, and so we have a dry erase pen. I don't do it on the phone because when something like an alert pops up on my phone, I just turn right, it's gone, right. But if it's written down, like I actually wrote it, then it's like to me, it's more legit. Like, ooh, it's written down, it's right in front of me. So we have a a one year calendar that we write things in on a dry erase, and you know, I talk to you know, I do meetings, all the stuff, all the time, and people are like, oh yeah, just type that meeting in your phone. I'm like, no, that that doesn't work for me. I actually have to go home, write it on the wall. And so that's one of the things that really helped us was that talk about making room, Jenny. Now I've got a year calendar in advance. It's like, Oh, okay. Where, where are we going to be here? Rather than this month to month mentality, right? Like, Oh, just month. Of, no, no. We have a one year at, you know, in, in advance.
2: Yeah. as soon as a month is over, then I, I clean off the board and I put, the month for the next year on there. So it's constantly a year in advance. It's not oh we've gotten to December now we're going to plan out. So
1: Oh, I yeah, like so, that. Yeah, so that okay. is really yeah. And then going along with my goal of 100 marriages by me being 100. That's another making room for okay, yeah. Well, I want to I want to enjoy the honeymoon at 100. So what do I have to do now to make sure I'm healthy and strong to do that? <laughs> so that kind of automatically gets things in line rather than this, you know, this magic app, you know, that's going to organize my life and, and all this stuff. So, you know, everything affects everything else. And it's really about that mindset of, you know, setting yourself up for success. So whether you're naturally organized, like my bride, who's a list maker, the non-organized people like myself is just transitioning to say, just Ooh, a little organization. Yes, saying, oh, it makes it more fun. If you're more, well, you can have more fun if you're organized a little bit. So I hope that yeah. helps. i I
0: think that's very helpful that um what i heard you say is that um you you sort of have to find what works for you yes so some people the app on the phone is fabulous and uh you know like an amazing miracle and then for some people it it just doesn't work at all so one more thing, and, and we're I wrap up here. But and one of my friends who likes to remain anonymous on Facebook, so her Facebook <laughs> name is Cha Cha 2000. Uh, she said, uh, going back to I think the relationship thing, I love what she said. She said, I've learned not to speak when I'm spicy or angry. <laughs> <laughs> she, gets, she doesn't get uh, irritable or yucky, she gets spicy. So when she's spicy <laughs> or angry, she just doesn't say anything. And she said, I would tell my kids we'll talk later. Mm. Yeah. Not right that now. Goes a,
2: yes. And that goes along. We, there's a, a, a teaching and training um, for children. It's called Love and Logic. And in it, it talks about when you're angry, it's in that moment of being angry. You don't have to dole out the discipline at that exact moment. Yes. You can say to your children, you know what? I am so angry right now. I just cannot even think clearly. I'm going to, you know, daddy and I are going to talk about this or I'm going to really think about this and I'll let you know what your discipline is going to be. So mm-hmm. you can actually calm down. You don't have to tell them for a day or two or even a week and they can think, oh yeah, mom or dad, they just forgot about it. No, no, it'll come back. It'll So then something will come up with our kids. They're like, hey mama, I want to go over to so-and-so's house. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what, that bad choice that you made last week, I was going to go ahead and say yes, but I just realized we need to um, not go to that event um, because of the poor choice you made last week. So that gave me an opportunity to um, put implement a, a discipline that they're going to feel, but not in a negative way in terms of, um, you know, mom's lost it, she's going to get mad and make it, say something that she doesn't really mean or whatever. But you can actually stop in the moment and come back to it and think about it and pray about it and discuss it with somebody and then come back and come up with something that is appropriate.
0: I love that because then it's not in anger. Yes. And my friend finishes her post. I love this part. She said the payoff is that my daughter uh, now practices this very thing with her kids. Ooh, uh, yes. Very effective with the modeling, you know, yes. you yes. back to what you started with. So Gosh, I can't believe a whole hour's gone by. I just appreciate this time uh, with you guys. Are there any last comments that you want to make before we sign off?
1: Oh, yes. Just want to remind people that life really is tremendous. And for so many reasons. And if you still have breath in your lungs, there is something that God wants you to do with that. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you haven't figured it all out. It's just going back to thinking, gosh, you know, look at Helen Keller, right? What's the something I can do right now? What's Mm -hmm. the something I can do right now? I could text somebody and check on them. I could say hi to someone versus email. I could take a deep breath and say, hmm, I could go apologize to my kids. I mean, there's always a something. And we've been given this great opportunity, literally, of a pause button. When was the last time the world paused, like Mm -hmm. collectively, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So we have this awesome time to just pause and reflect and go, wow. So I just encourage people to to maximize this pause time and say, well, I've been given this special gift, you know, a time to pause, to help yourself grow. and a pause button to you know again for appreciation so there's just it's such a blessing such an amazed time to be alive i'm just again just encourage everybody to receive the gift because there's a gift but if you don't receive it you don't get it so Mm -hmm. receive this gift of this pause time and i'll let the most beautiful woman in the room close
2: oh what he just said (laughs) remember to laugh go out take a walk with somebody that you love um yeah enjoy the moment that you're in.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. What about you, Jenny?
3: I love it. I love it. Create space for everything that God has for you in the future.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And so my last thoughts are, um, Jenny and I are going to be hosting an online live streamed, biblically based study on, uh, helping to find our unique assignment in the world. So we're gonna start that Thursday at four o'clock Pacific time, and it's gonna go for four weeks. So every Thursday for four weeks at four o'clock Pacific time and uh, live streamed right here. So I hope everybody will join us and, and use that as that opportunity to take advantage of this pause time. So thank you for saying that. That was perfect segue into what I wanted to say. Yay! All right, well, thank you for joining us. And Jenny, thank you for always just being there with me. I just love that you do this with me. So I'm, I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for everybody watching. I hope this is helpful.
1: Yay, God bless everybody.
0: Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I hope that you'll subscribe. I hope you'll share with others and and just come alongside of us in helping people to live, love, survive, and thrive. See you next time. Hey, I have a free gift for you. For a limited time, as long as supplies last, I want to send you a copy of my book, Succeed Because of What You've Been Through. I'm going to also send you the accompanying workbook for free. Free shipping and everything. All you have to do is go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G, Go to the shop button at the top and find the Succeed Because book and workbook set. It's normally 19.95, but with the coupon code COVID, C-O-V-I-D, I will send it to you for free. I hope you take advantage of this offer. I wrote this book to help people mine the lessons out of what they've been through and use those lessons to create personal and professional success. I wanna do that for you.